Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 303 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you're doing well and uh, having a fantastic day. So today's podcast session is a topic that I've kind of had personal experience with, but in kind of a bad way. Uh, I don't want to get too much into the details of it because the legal stuff is still pending and there's just a lot going on. But uh, the the sure version of it was uh, a couple of years ago, uh, an individual in a state that I've never, at that point, had never visited, ended up using my information. Somehow, we still don't actually know how this happened, but somehow ended up getting enough of my personal information and uh, using it to make purchases under my name. And it, it was really significant amount of purchases, like we're talking like auto vehicles and stuff like that. So all that to say, law enforcement got involved, all of that kind of stuff. But for me personally, it ended up being a, a, almost a three-year journey to get, for example, like stuff removed from my credit file, my credit score, work really, really hard to get like a really, you know, a good good credit score. And it got dinged almost, I think, 150 points, almost 200 points maybe because of all of this, because, you know, the credit companies were thinking this was me that was making this transaction. It ended up just being this whole process where I had to provide documentation from law enforcement, all this stuff. And It was a crazy journey, and I share this with you because today's podcast is all about how do we protect our information online, and especially, I feel like, as this online world becomes the norm, it's unbelievably surprising how much information is out there uh, about us. If you do a quick Google search, you I think you're going to be really surprised. Um, For me, when I did search found like my name, address, relatives that were connected to me, uh, former addresses that I lived in, and all kinds of stuff. My guest today is Kyle Kresge. Uh, Kyle and I actually connected on Twitter, and I've been getting like more, like more and more active on Twitter because I just there's just so many interesting people and doing interesting things. And Kyle is the co-founder of a company called Removally which actually removes all of this private information and they do this for you. And 
Kyle is here to talk about how do we protect our personal information online. So we're going to cover a number of different things. The first thing we're going to start out with is this really basic question of how in the world do these companies even get access to such information? And then we're going to dive into the most common pieces of information that tends to get out. And then we're going to dive really deep into three tips or three kind of practical strategies that you can implement to keep yourself safe and secure as as a person, as a business owner, as a clinician. I know that all of us have heard sort of stories, for example, where, you know, maybe a client that was that, you know, had significant mental health issues or something was going on where, you know, they were able to track down information about us and and identify, right? So we've all heard sort of these stories. And I wanted to have this session not as a way to scare you, because that's definitely not my intent. My intent is more to provide education and how we can all like proactively think about this stuff. So you're not like in a situation like me where I had to like react and it was extremely stressful. And it's not, it's something that I hope none of you ever have to go through. So we'll get right to today's podcast session. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Here's my session with Kyle Kresge from removally.com. Hey, Kyle, welcome to Selling the Couch. Hey, Melvin, thanks so much for, for having me. I'm, I'm super happy to, to be here. And for the listeners that, that don't know, Melvin asked me on Twitter to, to be here after I said, hey, uh, you uh, want to do a privacy podcast sometime? Just let me know. And then <laughs> I, he, he messaged me back. Yeah, here's my calendar. Just put something on it. So I was uh, surprised by that. But I, yeah, I, I'm super happy to, to hear and uh, talk about privacy. Well, you know, obviously, I don't do that with everyone, but you and I have connected and become friends right? Yeah, yeah. I say we've gone from Twitter friends to like real <laughs> friends, right? For real though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, Twitter is such an amazing, it's an amazing platform. Like I think it gives me optimism for like social media, mm, right? Like mm. when it's done well, right? It's about yeah. like building like genuine friendships. And so, I mean, we're both, we're both dads and we're both entrepreneurs and I'm just, uh, yeah, before we even jump in, man, I'm, I really am genuinely just super grateful for you, brother. So, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and even before we began recording, I was telling you that I've I've been sharpened by some of the things that you've tweeted or said to me, and uh, have have been a, a better entrepreneur, better father uh, because of it. So I'm appreciative of you as well, Melvin. Yeah, we're constantly learning. I, you know, I'm gonna share this in the intro section, but I had a pretty crazy situation in my life. I'm not gonna get too much into the details, but the long and short version is, you know, somebody used my information to like make a whole bunch of like significant purchases under my name and and basically use my identity. So I've been like really curious about this because, you know, I, I know that for those of you guys are listening, you know, especially as this like telehealth, this sort of online world becomes the norm, right? Or in many ways it is, we have to be so mindful about 
what sort of information is out there. And Kyle, I wanted to like start maybe like with a couple of like really silly questions. No, 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 go for it. How do these companies even get access to like information? I mean, this is like our addresses, phone numbers. Like, how does this even happen? Yeah. So it's a really, yeah, it's a really good question. So the, the, the basics of it is if you're an individual and you go to apply for a mortgage or you get a credit card or you buy a car or you sign up for service X, you know, Y, Z, you're giving them your information. And a lot of times in the terms and conditions, you're giving them your consent for them to have your information and or sell your information, distribute your information, et cetera. And so usually what happens is your information is then sold and disseminated to dozens of other companies or various other companies. And, and there's a whole kind of industry behind it called data brokers that essentially are brokers of data. Like that's how they make their money is by brokering data, buying and selling data for profit. And that's, that's kind of how this, this whole thing is a big problem. It's so wild. So again, these are like silly questions, but so there are even within a company, are there like people that are sort of in charge of, I guess, like selling this data or connecting with these data brokers? Or is that like, or do these data brokers kind of come into the companies and be like, hey, you know, like we know you have a network of X amount of people, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so, so it kind of depends. It depends on the company completely, right? So for, with my company, you know, we don't deal with data brokers at all. Right? Data is never shared or sold at all. But Sometimes when people want to source leads, for instance, you're able to buy a certain set of data in order to source those leads to people that you think would be particularly interested in your services. That's why in the example of you signed up for a car, you signed up for a house, you signed up for a mortgage on a house. Now you're getting security system offers. You're getting internet offers you're get, because those are relevant to the data that you just gave to that company. And so that's kind of kind of how it happens. Maybe even would be interesting in the show notes, I could give you a link to California, basically data brokers have to register. So you can see a list of all of the data brokers that have registered in the state of California. And, uh, and so, yeah, there, there's, there's hundreds of them. Is, uh, is California, at least as the time of this recording, is that the only state that does something like that or? Oh, great. Yeah. Great, great question. So yeah, there's a law called CCPA, the California Consumer Protection Act. And that requires data brokers to register in the state of California and then also allow residents of California to be able to essentially find out what information a company has and opt out of sharing of information. But there are now other states that have it. So Illinois, uh, Vermont, there's a handful of others. And actually, uh, Pennsylvania just proposed one in, in 2021. So it's kind of an up and coming thing that people are more aware of the problem that's going on and people care about it and people are disturbed by how much information's out there and how easy it is to get people's information. And so hopefully we'll see more legislation uh, here down the road as well. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely terrifying. Uh, again, like another silly question, like what are like the most common pieces of information that tends to get out? Yeah, great, great. Uh, question. So um, maybe even a, a step back is just the most common sites because, you know, when I throw around the word term data broker, usually people are like, what does that mean? Like, is this some like mystery entity that, but if you, if you like, for instance, white pages, right? Most people know of white pages, but white pages is technically a data broker. They have people's information. They sell people's information. Uh, there are sites like Ben Verified, Spokio, True People Search. I mean, these are, these are dozens of them. And sometimes 
people search sites. So you'll hear the term data broker. You'll hear the term people search sites. People search sites are just sites that people can go on to easily search for people's information. Um, and so, so that's, that's one part of it. And then can you re-ask the question that you asked, uh, in, initially? Yeah. Uh, the, like, what are, what are like some of the common pieces of information that tends to get out? Like, is it names at like what? Yeah, great. So the most common pieces of information are going to be your name, your address, your phone number, previous addresses, previous phone numbers and relatives. So people that are connected to you, that that's kind of the most typical pieces of information that are on these people search sites. But along with that is, is background information, nationality. Sometimes you'll see information such as arrests or court records or, or things of that nature. But any piece of, of, of information that's been given, email addresses, things like that can come up too. So it, it's a broad range of, of information that, that people have. Yeah. Uh, I remember... When we were talking over like Twitter DM, like you're like, hey, <laughs> I don't know if I should tell you all the pieces of information that's available for you. I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> like, because I had done a search and I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, all of what you mentioned, like it was like right there. Um, yeah. It was, it was a little it, terrifying. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I've, so I've made, you know, connections with a good amount of people now uh, being, being on Twitter for, you know, about a year and and so I'll I'll sometimes say to people that I'm you know closer with, hey, did you know that you like this is all your like I know exactly where you live, I know mm -hmm. who you're married to, I know your phone number, like you know is this something that like you want me to take care of? I mean, not in a in a marketing way, yeah. but just in a in a hey, did you know this kind of way? Yeah, it's a crazy crazy world out there. And now I honestly don't even take that approach because people are just like shocked or, or think I'm trying to you know sell them on something or just trying to spook them or whatever. Yeah. But, but it is something that, that, uh, I do like raising awareness for, and it's part of the reason of, of why I even founded the company. So it's good to know what's out there, but then also to take the steps to protect yourself from that. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to jump into three tips, but before that removal, you guys have a pretty interesting story about how this company even started. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that before we jump in. Yeah. Uh, for sure. So, so my co-founder uh, John and I, we knew each other for for quite some time on a specific online forum uh, of all places, right? Um, but but we got we got fairly close, and in about two and a half years ago, three years ago, he started being wrongfully harassed by one of the moderators. Oddly enough, and this guy figured out where John lived. He figured out his wife's information, where she worked, was threatening to call her workplace, all sorts of things. It was a really unfortunate situation. And so he was going through the process of trying to remove all of his information from the internet. I was doing that for myself and my family. And we were just frustrated with it all and thought, wow, we could save ourselves a lot of time and headache if you know there's a service that could automatically do this for ourselves. Because base or could automatically do this for us, excuse me. Because basically what we were doing is Googling to see where our names were finding the sites that had our names, realizing there was a ton of them, emailing them, submitting forms, calling them, et cetera. And, and it was just a, a huge hassle. And so that's that's where Removably was born, uh, a service that does just what I just what I described that we were doing and does it all for people. That's pretty amazing. And it's all done through software? It's primarily automated. So yeah. So right now there is some manual intervention that goes on um, and that'll be less and less over time. But we really do like having that manual piece or hands-on piece that we put it. Because for instance, 
um, I could reach out to you and say, Hey, there was another Melvin around, you know, in Pennsylvania. Is this you or is this? So if you only do it by software, sometimes you miss some of those connections that software would miss. And so we have a really good balance of primarily automated with a really good hands-on touch. Yeah. I can definitely see like the combo of those two being like super beneficial. That's cool. So I'm like nerdily excited for these tips. (laughs) So you know, when I was talking to Kyle, I was like, hey, you know, just could you give us like three sort of practical tips to keep ourselves, to keep our information like safe and secure? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And so, Kyle, uh, let's jump into those. And I'm sure I'll have like follow up questions. But what would you say is like the first one? Yeah, the first one I wanted to say for your listeners, and and this will be my shortest point, is is that data privacy and like data protection should be a proactive thing and not a reactive thing. Hmm. Because if someone malicious already has your data, um, in a sense, it's it's too late, or at least it's not the place that you want to be. Because now you're dealing with all the headache. Now you're dealing with calling all the companies that need to be called or, or dealing with law enforcement or, or whatever it may be. And so I would just really encourage people to think about data privacy, to think about data protection now, rather than waiting until something happens in the future. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could sort of give like, again, not revealing confidentiality or anything, but like gener- generalities. What's like an example of that, like where you're almost like being reactive versus proactive? Because, you, you know, oh, yeah. you, you shared with me, like, you you know, you work with like a lot of streamers, content creators, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, a really good question. So one example is, and this is a, a really unfortunate thing, is that so like in, in the Twitch community, we deal with a lot of streamers. So Twitch is a, a platform that people stream when they play video games or other things. And basically, some, some people have been targeted based, based on their sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. And people have then gone on to, okay, I'm going to find these people that may have a different sexual orientation than I should probably, maybe, maybe I'll use a different example. I'll say this example, then I'll say a different example. Yeah. So they have basically targeted people based on their sexual orientation and then posted their information publicly or posted their information publicly along with, I'm going to send this bomb to this address. Oh my gosh. And it is just a terrible situation that no one want to find themselves in. And the way that people find it is often, I'm going to Google this person's name because they use their name on their stream. I kind of know what state they're in or maybe even what city. And then I'm going to find their personal information and put out these normally empty threats to try to shake things up a bit. And it's, you know, faceless people online that are just trying to terrorize other people. And it's, it's terribly unfortunate. Now, in another sense, there could be a, a disgruntled client per se. So like in, a, in the clinician sense, let's say you have somebody that comes to you and they didn't like the results they're getting, or they thought they should be somewhere else, or just because of the mental state they were in, they wanted to figure out where, where you were or threaten or cause a ruckus or, or whatever it might be. And so therefore they find personal information. And once they have personal information, they could send a letter or give a call or things like that. So th- that's just m- maybe two examples of, of a situation that could happen. Yeah. Sorry if I that mean, was. Yeah, no, that, those are both like great examples. And that, I mean, yeah, I mean, both when you were describing them, like my heart was like, oh my gosh, like, because the, yeah. I mean, uh, one, like the first situation, like, for anyone to be like persecuted and just because of, you know, something like sexual orientation, right? And then the second one, 
I mean, that's a real thing. I think a mm. lot of clinicians have a lot of fears about, right? Like, you know, because it, yeah, it could happen yeah. to anyone, right? And yeah. so what is, I guess, really practical, what is the proactive thing to do then? Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, that leads right into my, my other two points. Yeah. So the second thing after being proactive is that you're going to want to separate out your business information as much as possible from your personal information. So sometimes, and especially when you're just starting out, those can get tied into each other. Oh, I'm just going to use my cell phone for this form, or I'm just going to use my home address for this filing. But you should really separate that out completely so that when you're starting your business, you're going to use a registered agent or a business address for the state forms. And then when you post your website or are signing up for other things, according to your business, you're going to use a business telephone. And, and this doesn't need to be expensive. You could even use a Google voice number and use those things that are separate from your personal information to sign up for those services, because that then segregates that information. So if somebody did want to use your information, all they really have is your business information. Yeah. Um, and I can definitely see, I mean, we've, I've seen this uh, where I mean, understandably early on, right? You're trying to keep expenses low, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. Can, and then you're also trying to just kind of get through certain processes and yeah, and I can see where that, that bleed can happen, right? Between business and personal. That's a great tip. Anything else to add on that uh, second tip? Otherwise we can jump into the third yeah, one. Yeah, no, I mean, I have, I have a couple more, more thoughts. So feel yeah. free to, yeah, yeah. to take or leave whatever, whatever you like, but even sometimes for clinicians or medical professionals, sometimes your business and personal information can get combined or mixed up on certain websites. So like I know there's psychology today, for example, like you could have a profile on there and maybe your cell phone is actually on there when really you didn't want your cell phone to be on there. And so going back and checking your online profiles, just to be sure that your business information is there and not your personal information, that's a really practical, easy check to do. Another thing to think about is, and maybe this is too privacy centric and, and going to be more headache than it's worth. And, and that's up to you to decide. But some people in the privacy community, like creating unique emails for each service that they sign up for. So instead of, uh, you know, Melvin at selling the couch.com, you, you would then put removably at selling the couch.com. And so when you're signing up for a specific service, you're using that specific services name at, you know, your website.com. And so therefore, all the emails that I'm getting are going to go directly to that email address. And all you have to do is forward that email address to your main email address. And so that does two things for you. One, it lets you track all the emails that you're getting to that name, meaning that if Melvin then gets an email to removably at sellingthecouch.com for a credit card offer, you know, it, oh, okay. Well, he knows that company has then sold his information. Oh, and, wow. and that's a clear indication of, okay, yeah, that company is doing things with my data. But two, when you want to stop a service, sometimes then that allows them to disseminate your data. And so what you can do then is, okay, well, now I can just delete that email address. You know, I, I canceled my subscription. I can then just delete my email address. And now I know for sure that none of my information as far as the email goes, is, is going to be used or disseminated or really even useful. So that's a kind of just a, another tip from, from the privacy community on uh, something they could do. I know for most people that may not be practical or they may not know how to set things up, I can even create an article and you know we could put that in the show notes or whatever. To, it's actually a lot easier than it sounds, which is why people, people often do it. 
Yeah, I'll probably ask that quick question on that. So my only understanding is you create like different Gmail addresses. Is there like an easier way? Yeah. Like, so, do, okay. so for instance, in Gmail, that's a great, a great thing. So if I had Kyle Kresge at gmail.com, what you could do is put a plus sign after your name before the at symbol. So mm -hmm. Kyle Kresge plus removally at gmail.com. And that still goes to Kyle Kresge at gmail.com. Oh, so wow. that'll that'll still forward to that address. So you could you could do that within Gmail in that in that simple way. Um, okay. But if you have your own domain name and you have your your own web hosting for your business, ninety nine times out of a hundred, you're going to have unlimited emails for that. And so creating a a new one isn't doesn't actually require any extra cost, which is which is why it's so nice. Mm, okay, yeah. So you'd have to do it. Okay, I got it. So you'd have to almost do it at the administrator, like the control panel level. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, interesting. And what about that third one? Yeah. And, and so then the third one is to get your personal information off of data brokers. Um, and, and that's kind of going back to my original example of how that moderator on the forum found out my co-founder John's in personal information. All he did was essentially search Google and found these sites that have his information. And so you can search to see what sites have your information and you can request that they take your information down. Hmm. So the simplest way to do that is just Google and see what sites come up and what sites other people would see when they Google your name. Uh, the other option would be that my company, company Removely, has a free scan. So you can go to removely.com, click on start my free scan. And even if you don't want to sign up for the service, you can just find where these sites have your information, where your information is on these sites. And, and that gives you a quick look, you know, in, in five, 10 minutes where your information is. And then from there, you're going to start removing your information from those sites. So let's say 15 to 30 different sites have your information. Each site is going to have an opt-out process. So whether that's sending them an email, I'd like to unsubscribe and you send them the link that you found your information, or it's a form that you fill out online or a couple of them you'll have to call. But yeah, it's a, it's a service that Removally offers, but you can totally do it yourself for free. Like you don't need to sign up for a company to do it for you if you have the time or if you don't want to spend the money to do it because each site has that process that you can opt out. In in removally.com slash free opt out guides, we can put a link in the show notes. We have free resources to do that if you want to do that for free. Perfect, Kyle. And then I think the the other question that I had was, so... So again, this stuff is so new and it's like fascinating. So if I ask a lot, a lot of like no, silly questions, great. what sort of information do you guys hold? Like that's personal information and how do you sort of hold that if you do hold it and you know, how do you keep it secure? Yeah, that's a, I mean, I'm, I'm appreciative of the question. Yeah. And many people ask that too. And it's a really good question to be asking even of a company that is saying they're removing your data. Um, so essentially you have to provide us with enough information so that we're able to find your information and verify that it's you. So essentially that's, you would provide Removely your, your full name, your date of birth in, in usually an address or, and, or a phone number. So that that's the information that you would then provide us so that we can then go to these sites search it. Okay. Yeah. I, I validated that that was this person, this city state that matched this address. And yeah, so so there is a, an element to you do have to give some of your personal information up. The way that I think it's best understood and best phrased is that you're giving 
your personal information to a company that you hopefully trust. So part of your personal information to a company that you hopefully trust so that they remove all of your personal information from dozens of companies that you don't trust. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the way to do it. So we never sell data, share data. We have really good data protection policies, two-factor authentication. Yeah, servers are are pen tested, which most people won't know what that means. There's a lot of security measures that we we take and, and we take seriously to make sure that our users' data is protected. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious about pen testing now. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like it's some sort of like way to make sure that someone's not accessing those servers in a way that they shouldn't be. Kyle, I'm just so grateful for you, man. Our time flew by and uh yeah, I feel like we could probably nerd out on this stuff for even longer. <laughs> but tell us uh I know you shared a little bit about Removely, but tell us uh, you know, kind of the the quick version of what you guys do over at Removely and how we can learn more about the services that you guys provide. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Removely, R-E-M-O-V-A-L-Y, data removal with a Y, dot com. And Removely essentially is an automated software to remove people's personal information from the internet. And that's our bread and butter. We're, we're finding and removing people's information from the internet we're, we're the only service that scans daily for people's personal information. So oftentimes your information is going to pop back up on white pages. It's going to pop back up on Ben Verified, all these other sites. And so we scan daily to make sure that when it pops up, we find and remove it promptly, which is a, another benefit of, of going with a, with a service. But yeah, so for the last three years or so, uh, I've been in the data protection, data privacy, data removal world, and we're, we're just excited to to attack this problem and and really bring transparency to to, to the industry that that desperately needs it. So, hopefully, regardless of if you know you sign up or not, we can we can serve you in whatever way. And if that's helping you figure out how to do it for free yourself, you know, feel free to reach out too. We're we're always available. Yeah, um, awesome. And uh, yeah, just even like a personal note, you know, Kyle, and you know, this happens. I think. It's a good thing, right? Like there's our companies that'll reach out to me and they'll be like, you know, we want to give you like a free account, whatever. But like usually the you know, the ones that I actually like, you know, really reach out to. And so I told Kyle, I said, Hey, I I believe in what you guys are doing and this is really important. So I actually want to like pay for my subscription. And uh <laughs> yeah, I mean that was just really important to me because one, I believe in what you guys are doing and you're you're you know, you're an awesome person. I'm sure John's an awesome person and uh and then too, like, yeah, I just, I didn't want to like recommend something if I didn't pay for it and use and wasn't a user, you know? So totally. Yeah. No, well, I, I appreciate that about you and, and you trying to stay with integrity of things that you, you know, partner with. And, and, and I think that's a great thing. Have a great rest of your day, Kyle. And uh, so good to connect, man. Thanks so much, Melvin. I right, appreciate it. It was fun being here. Hi there. Hope you enjoyed my session with Kyle and especially if, You've been thinking a lot about your own personal information and how to keep it safe and also how to separate out your personal information from your business information. I hope that today's podcast session has just given you some new ideas and new strategies to implement. Uh, as I shared on the interview, I actually ended up purchasing Removely just because I, I feel like this is something that's so important and it's super reasonably priced. So I highly recommend checking it out. Again, if you'd like to support the blog, the affiliate link is sellingthecouch.com forward slash removally. And otherwise, you can just go to removally.com to check it out. 
And yeah, I was thinking a lot about this conversation with Kyle. I mean, this is stuff that I could probably like think through and kind of nerd out on because it is so personal. But I think the kind of the biggest stuff that I took away is the importance of separating out business from personal information. That's something, even I'm thinking like, there are places where I put my personal cell phone and I really need to go back and just, and and I needed to like transition to a business phone. I need to make that call and do that. So that's one thing I'm going to do. And then the other thing is this whole world of data brokers. I think it's true for all of us. Like, you know, we're clinicians. <laughs> like that world is probably like so foreign and it's not something maybe we think like, oh, there are companies that actually are taking your data and then there's people that are using it for like nefarious intent, right? Like, but, you know, I think people like Kyle that are in that world is just when you hear them, it, it's it's kind of crazy, you know, just what's out there. And I just think it's so, so wise what Kyle is saying of just being proactive, whether you do it yourself or you use a company like Removely uh, to do it for you. And just to even tell you, like, so, you know, as I shared, I'm a paying customer. And what they did is they basically give out these, like, uh, updates, like, every day initially and then every week otherwise. And the cool thing is, like, as they sort of find stuff, right, stuff popping back up, they kind of give you updates. And there's, like, a nice peace of mind, you know, because I think a lot about this stuff also as as our little one grows up. And the fact that, you know, our dad has a, a platform like this. And so... How do you sort of manage that privacy and all of those kind of things? And yeah, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of doing all we can to, to keep ourselves and our loved ones safe. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.